Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. Now, today I am going to be covering the biblical approach section of chapter eight. So let's go ahead and get started with the scripture. So Matthew chapter six, verses 31 through 34 says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father know that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And again, that's Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. Now, as you can see from the scripture, God knows what you have need of. He wants you to seek him and his righteousness, and he will supply all of your needs. When you are doing the things that God wants you to do, He will bless you abundantly. God wants you to know that he is also there to help you in your challenges and your struggles that you face. And he is wanting you to trust him in everything. God knows that you have need of him and you have to recognize that you do need him. He wants you to not only reach your goals, but to succeed in achieving them. Now, when you start to pursue your goals and dreams, things may begin to progress. Things are slowly going into the right direction. Now, as time goes on, you run into a stumbling block. Now, initially, it doesn't bother you, but when things start to be delayed for you, it starts to put a damper into your plans. And as things don't change, You start to get discouraged or maybe even disappointed and slightly depressed with the lack of progression taking place. You start to look at others as to why things are not happening for you. Now, initially, it becomes easier to blame other people for your lack of success than to actually pull your mirror up. But you do eventually look inward to figure out the problems that you are having in your personal development. Keeping the dream alive is what you have to determine for yourself. You must keep pushing and keep striving and keep reaching until the goal is achieved. God continues to help you even when you don't have the strength to keep going. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
God doesn't want you to fail and he wants you to trust him and to be guided by him so that you won't be influenced by the tricks of the enemy. You need God on your side. You need him to help you to not only get through the things that you recognize, but also the things that you can't see working against you. In order to have God on your side, you have to constantly seek him so that you are able to hear his voice. If you're not seeking him, you won't be able to know what your next move should be according to his will. Let's now look at an example with Jacob and his household. So I'm going to share with you Genesis chapter 35 verses 1 through 15. And God said to Jacob, Now move on to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to worship me, the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, Destroy your idols, wash yourselves, and put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has stayed with me whenever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their idols and their earrings, and he buried them beneath the tree near Shechem. When they set out again, terror from God came over the people in all the towns of that area and no one attacked them. Finally, they arrived at Luz, now called Bethel in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named it El Bethel because God had appeared to him there at Bethel when he was fleeing from Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called the oak of weeping. God appeared to Jacob once again when he arrived at Bethel after traveling from Pada Aram. God blessed him and said, your name is no longer Jacob. You will now be called Israel. Then God said, I am God Almighty. Multiply and fill the earth. Become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among the descendants. And I will pass on to you the land that I, that I gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. He then poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. Jacob called the place Bethel, house of God because God has spoken to him there. Now, as you can see from the scriptures, Jacob was always seeking to God to hear his voice. It was the changed man, Israel, that was more conscious of being obedient and worshiping God. Jacob recognized that God was in control and that not only would God help him in his time of need, but God would also bless him abundantly. God was faithful to his word by his commitment to Jacob. And God also kept his commitments to Abraham and Isaac. Jacob could have taken the approach as he had done in the past, which was his way. However, Jacob had seen the power of God enough to recognize that he could and should now be submissive to God and follow 
his path now. One of the things that I've been saying throughout this journey is the importance of hearing the voice of God and spending time with him and studying his word. Now, although you may have a willing and a sincere desire to do those things, there are many things in this world that are always pulling or tugging at you to try to get you to give in to doing something different than spending time with God. You will see that there will be times that you are face to face with a choice. And it's the choice that you make that will determine if the situation benefits you or others or the enemy or God. Of course, you are seeking to hear God's voice so that you are guided by him. But there are those times that you are not for sure if you are hearing him. Sometimes the hardest part in all of it is the ability to stay focused and on task to what you need to do. It is not that you are not willing or that you are not committed to staying obedient to what God wants you to do. However, it is the enemy's constant distractions and temptations that he is always throwing at you to get you to look at other things or at other people's success. These types of distractions are intended to get you to take your eyes off what you need to be doing long enough so that you will start to internalize other situations, causing you to become discouraged and disappointed for not achieving the goals and the success you have wanted. The enemy can get you so off track that you could go into two different directions, but none of them will benefit you. So let me just kind of explain uh, this first direction. The enemy could constantly have you looking at what someone else may be doing or trying or achieving or even accomplishing. You are so engulfed now with all that they have going on that you put your stuff on the back burner. You get consumed with studying their every move, following what they do and who they do it with, and then trying to even include yourself in their situations. Now, you may feel that you are learning from them, but you are watching them so much that you are not putting in any effort on your goals, and you are not checking in with God to see what your next move should be. All in all, you have been more concerned on what others are doing than what you should be doing. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And again, that's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Now, the second direction is when you may find yourself being consumed with what other people are doing, and it leads you to help them accomplish their goals. Now, while it is one thing to help someone reach their goals, it becomes another situation if all your time is spent helping them while putting your goals to the side. Now, if you allow it to infiltrate into your spirit, 
you lose sight of what you need to accomplish altogether. You must not allow all your time to be spent on the progression of someone else. Yes, it is good to help someone that is in need, but you have to make sure that you are allowing yourself to be balanced in it so that you don't deplete all of your energy or spread yourself too thin, as I sometimes like to say. Otherwise, you could be so worn out that you don't have any strength at all to put into the things that you need to do for yourself. Now, whether it is you focusing on too much on what someone else is doing, or it is you helping someone so much that you lose focus on doing the things that God wants you to do, you must be aware of how the enemy tries to distract you so that you take your eyes off God. Now, it may not seem like that is what the enemy is doing, but in time, you will see his trickery to keep you disconnected with God. The enemy is hoping that you will follow his mindset. If he can take your mind off of what you need to do long enough, he succeeds in helping you procrastinate with your goals and inevitably not achieve your goals. From this point on, you find yourself getting more disgruntled at your own life while developing a resentment for the success of others. It is this type of negative reaction which brings you to the next seed that is planted by the enemy. And that seed is called the seed of jealousy. Now, I know sometimes you may think that you can avoid the enemy's trickery and his temptations or even his distractions that come at you. But sometimes things can just slip up on you little by little. And there may even be times where you actually just get blindsided by the whole situation. So that's why you really need to make sure that you are staying girded up, that you're in prayer with God, that you're being guided by God, so that you can continue to hear his voice. Now on tomorrow, I am going to share with you how the enemy plants this new seed into you. So please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.